All right, so here we are for yet another episode yes. of my favorite thing to do, Scissors and Scrubs. I'm Nicole. I'm Laura. This tackling, how do we word it? Environmental poisonous jobs? Sure. Okay. So it started kind of meandered through different um, topics, mm -hmm. and it actually spawned a couple of other episode ideas in my mind. Mm -hmm. But basically, we're going to cover two um, groups. I'm covering a specific individual. You're covering a group of individuals, yes. but who were involved in jobs that were toxic to their health and nobody told them. Right. And suffered serious consequences yes. because of it. Mm -hmm. One of them set in the way back, and one of them is really not that far back to mm -hmm. think that all this stuff is going on. And um, companies knew it. Yeah. Companies knew it. Oh, they knew. Companies they knew. knew it. Okay. So, mm -hmm. that being said, and some of these people have already been covered in another, well, both of these have been covered in other podcasts. Yeah. Uh, one of them, I think the one you're doing, we had, somebody wrote, one of our listeners wrote to us, you need to do this topic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just took a while to get to it. By yeah. the time we had gotten to it, other podcasts had already done it. Right. So, we are covering it. Um, of course, we're going to cover it our way, which right. I always that think is better and funnier. Yeah. A little medical to it. And uh, so take it away with radium, ladies. So I did the radium, girls. Um, I got this information from a million different places. Um, Morbid Curiosity Podcast, BuzzFeed.com, AllThat'sInteresting.com, My Favorite Murder Podcast. And the, the I think every, all of you should go out and read this book. It's The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women. And you're going to make me borrow that, right? Because yes. I'm not going to buy it. Well, I had it on my phone. Right. Um, oh, by Laura. Kate Moore. <laughs> I would if I had it. Um, I have to download it. it. It is Excellent. It's so good. It's so, so good. And it took me like 85 days to write this because I just, the book was so good and she has so much stuff Detail. in it. You, like I couldn't do it. I'd be talking for four days straight, but it was just so good. I just felt like. So we're going to kind of briefly cover it. Yes. And if you really want to know the in-depth story. Read the book. It's really interesting. Okay. It really is. And you like feel for these women. Like you just. Well, that's how it was when I was trying to cover Katrina. The book I read mm -hmm. was excellent. It had so much information. And then when I sat down to write it, I wanted to write everything the book yeah. wrote. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. I'll be here for years. Yeah. Plus, I'm just not that organized. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> well, I don't want to write that much. Because mm -hmm. I do it old school. My notes are old school handwritten yeah. notes. I don't copy and paste anything. No. I write it all down. I have. It's just easier, I think, yeah. that way. I I, it's how I get my thoughts out. Mm -hmm. I can't type as fast as I think. No. All right. So. First of all, we'll talk about radium. Radium. Radium was discovered. Sounds glowingly wonderful. Yes, it's radio. <laughs> um, radio. Radio. Radium was discovered in the late 1800s um, by a French physicist named Henry Berkerell in 1896. He discovered that uranium emitted atomic particles that could pass through metal foil and created light spots on film. Then Pierre and Marie Curie. Oh, that lady, yeah. Madame Curie. Two years later, discovered two new elements, polonium and radium, and said they should be known as radioactive elements since they had an atomic snap and sizzle, quote unquote. Snap. We should have called ourselves snap and sizzle. That would have been better. Um, It'd be snap and sizzle. Yeah. So they discovered polonium, but polonium was way too active. It burned itself out in a year. Like it burned itself out yeah. it was just too active i know 
absolutely nothing about yeah. this shit. Yeah. So it was a radioactive yeah, substance. Great. Element, it burns. Yeah, I have no idea what. But that it means. goes. It burns itself off too fast. Like they okay. can't use it. It's okay. too much. Uranium was not active enough. It leaked radiation very slowly, so it wasn't enough to use. Okay. Radium was just right. It decayed slowly. Its half-life was 1,600 years. But it spit and sparked with a steady release of energy. So it took 1,600 years for the half-life to For it snap and sizzle to go down and a little bit. And then it snapped and sizzled steadily, though, constantly. Yeah, I still... Yeah, sure. It had a steady release of yeah. radioactive energy. It was energy. better. We're yeah. just going to say it was better. Um, all three of them won a Nobel Prize in physics... For the work on these elements. Um, doctors soon found out, though, that radium shrinks cancers. What? So they would treat cancer tumors with radium, as we do today with radiation. Ah, radiation. bing, 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 bing. Um, they then made sparkles. tonics, makeup, creams, pain relievers, tooth Tonics. Tonics. They would put it in water and give you a, to- a radium tonic. It was called sunshine in a bottle. <laughs> That's whatever. It's sunshine in a bottle. It was like the fountain of youth. It's like cocaine. It makes your cheek rosy. Coke and a smile. Yes, because it's affecting all your blood cells. Like, it, but they thought it was this cure all. It's going to cure every I, I'm disease. Speechless. Yeah. Um, they even in like spas and pools, they would put uranium ores oh into God, pools. <laughs> See the so green toxic cesspool. Let's yep. go in and rejuvenate. I can't um, yeah. even. And it was all for the sake of rejuvenation and energy. This shit will make you great. So Sunshine this has been for decades and centuries. Let's look younger. Yeah. Everybody's no matter, always any, been obsessed yeah, with it. Yeah. yeah. Wonder what, what's going to be the next thing. Now we inject ourselves with God knows what. Yeah. But yeah, all it's kinds probably of gelatinous shit so we can look younger yeah. and plumper. Wait another 20 years. We'll see what they tell us. Um, we'll be back to radium in 20 years. Yeah. It'll be healthier. So they're making everything with radium. Radium was the new, it was the it thing. thing. It was the it thing. Radium. <laughs> they even had products made, like like radium, I don't know, earwax remover. <laughs> it didn't have any radium in it, but if you just put the name people in bought it, it, people bought it because everybody wanted radium. And it was like, soup, it was the most expensive thing in the world at the time, radium, because uh-huh. you needed like, I, I don't even, you know, a, the, the thing of uranium the size of your house to get out like. Two ounces. Like, it was ridiculous. Ri- a ridiculous amount of re- uranium you needed to get radium to use. Um, so then the U.S. Radium Corporation and our... Tonic. tonic. I can't. I'm yeah. sorry. Don't. Radium tonic. Drink um, it. Yeah. Um, the U.S. Radium Corporation in Orange, New Jersey, was contracted by the U.S. military. Um, they started making Undock. It was a luminous paint made from uranium. Radium. Um, and they used it to paint the faces of watches for sh- soldiers. Business was booming, like, skyrocketing because it's World War One. So these soldiers are all in these trenches and, and they can't it's see dark, shit. and they have to meet at you know three in the morning. They can't light a light to look at their clocks. So these faces changed like revolutionized war. Revolutionized war. Now you could have war at night, and it wasn't glowing, so they couldn't. Right. You know, the enemy could see it. It was just enough that. <laughs> It was illuminated. Oh, it looks like Ralph just checked yeah. his watch. It's three o'clock. Start shooting over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even after World War One ended, now wristwatches were in fashion. Before World War One, only women wore wristwatches. Men had po- pocket watches. Wow! But the soldiers started wearing. Yeah, because they can't exactly pull out their pocket right, watch they, when they get shot at. That was convenient. Um, and so they come back. They all still wear their wristwatches. Then other guys start. You know, it yeah. became a. Now trend. you're cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so U.S. Radium Corp. Um, employed about 70 to 100 teenagers and younger women to paint the watches because the hands were small for the intricate work. Mm-hmm. And that's who worked in factories then. It's like right. Well, because the men were all at war. Men were at war. The women signed up to do whatever they could to help, and they're helping the soldiers by painting mm-hmm. these watch faces. And young girls are working because you could work in right. a factory at 14. It wasn't right. against law. You're not married, no kids, easy for you to work. Yep. Um, they got paid by the dial, and they aimed to paint 250 dials a day. Ugh. They made about a cent and a half for each dial. A cent and a half. Uh-huh. And so it was about $20 a week. That was like three times more than you can make in any other factory job. Oh no God. one could come close to the pay that these girls were getting. Like for the poor yeah. girls, they were making like a ton of money. A ton of money. Um, they were hugely sought after jobs. And the girls that got jobs there originally were like to their sisters, to yeah. their friends, their Everybody cousins. You got to come work here. You got to come work here. It's great. It's so much fun. You get to work with Radium, which then was this... <laughs> The most popular yeah. thing in the world. It was the best thing you could You're going to be amazingly right. beautiful when we're done. Um, you know, and it's so fun and we have a great time. You get paid so much. So they brought like all their friends and family in. Um, the girls were looked up to. They would go out together at night. Um, and they, they hung around together and they would go out to like speakeasies or, you know, oh, clubs so to fun. listen to music. Yeah. And they would glisten and glow as they walk down the street because the radium dust is all over them from the factory so people would be like oh my god look those are those radium girls those are the glowing ladies yeah, they make all that money you know they mm-hmm. have these great jobs look how lucky they are look how beautiful they look like they were really looked up like it was a revered job you know i would have been dousing myself in that shit so these girls were um so they noticed they're glowing they're glistening they looked at them oh look i'm sparkling you know? <laughs> i um, am lighting it up so they would paint their teeth with the <gasps> radium. So they would go home and like surprise their boyfriends like with this big, huge, shiny smile. They would oh paint their nails with the radium just to make them glow and look like they had a, like a nice I would have done pair. that. I, would've, I don't know if I would have done the teeth, but I definitely would have done the nails. they were told it was safe. Yeah. So why not? It makes you look, it makes you look beautiful. And it's so good for you. Why, why not? not? Um, they would wear their best dresses to work on Fridays. So that they would get the dust all over the dress. So when they went out, they were like, like they would specifically do it. And then they, some girls said like, there were all these young girls, they're teenagers, early twenties. So they're fun. They're having fun. They're fooling around. They would paint on their faces with the radium, which in a normal room you couldn't see. Right. So they would draw like crazy eyebrows and shit on their noses and a mustache and a beard. And then they would go into the dark room and like make each other laugh. They would kill each other laughing over what they drew on their faces, but no one else could see it. Um, they would eat, they ate lunch at their tables. Like they worked mm-hmm. at these lunch tables. They just bring their lunch out. They so all they're ate eating together. Too. Yep. They're just, but they're having a blast. Right. Like this was the best job. And it wasn't like this dangerous factory right. job where you're going to get stuck in machine. They're literally just sitting there painting. And they were known as like in the directories for the towns, they were listed as artists, like not facts. So it was right. a really prestigious job. Um, the scientists at the plant, because at the plant, they made the radium powder. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the painting. There was another right. pot that made the radium powder. The scientists, who were men, always wore protective gear. They wore gloves. They wore goggles. They wore masks. They stood behind lead shields. And um, they never once thought to say to these girls, stop putting this shit on your teeth? Nope. So the girls were told that they didn't, because they asked. They yeah. were like, why do they have all that stuff? And we're just out here with nothing. We were using it as toothpaste. Yeah. 
And they said, oh no, the, the radium's good for you anyways. They said, but the amount you're using a day, like in that your little cup of radium, it's it's not enough. They are using so much. They're right. in contact with like these big things of radium. Started That's way why they back. Yeah. Fucking men. Yeah. Love um, you, but come on. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> radium, the problem with radium is that it, when radium enters the body, it constantly fires off these sparks. Snaps and sizzles. It snaps and sizzles. Um, so particle after particle is being fired off once it's in your body, as it does outside of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, when radium goes into the bones, so say it's in your mouth from eating your food, when it goes into your gum and then into your bone, it acts, the bone thinks it's calcium. So the bone absorbs it like it would absorb calcium. It's like, mm-hmm. oh great, this oh, is look here. at more of it. I need this to make me stronger, but it's radium. So it kills the bone. The bone. They said when they would dissect the bone, it looked like it was a honeycomb. It was just oh all my God, holes. holes throughout the whole bone. Um, and it kills all the cells around it. Um, it causes anemia, sarcomas, bone degeneration, cataracts, um, and radium jaw or necrosis. Girls would notice red and purplish spots appeared um all over their trunks. How long into this? A couple of years. Okay. They had to work with it for a little while. Okay. They would be a little sore, a little tired. But they weren't thinking anything of it. But it was nothing big. Just a late night out, tired. Yeah. Been doing too much of the Charleston, I'm tired. Right. Um, they would notice that they bruised really easily. They noticed they were looking really pale. They were really exhausted mm-hmm. all the time. Nothing huge, though. Okay. This is, and all of these symptoms are probably because they all had aplastic anemia. Mm-hmm. Um, they also ha- would have bone pain. Like my knees are killing me. My ankles are killing me. My limbs are hurting. Like they were just sore all the time. Um, so the girls, when they painted the dials, they used camel hair brushes. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you paint, you mm-hmm. get it wet and you paint something and the brush spreads. So they're painting these little teeny watch yeah, faces, little which are very small. The numbers, the little lines, the yeah. hands. So they would, you know, dip it in the paint and do a couple numbers and then the brush would spread. Um, spread so the people that they worked for told them put it in between your lips and point it like you know to wet it look it yeah so they would put it in between the lips sometimes i find myself doing when i have a mask on and i want to like use the thread or something and i'm like i go to lick one of the sutures i'm like what am i doing oh i can't do this (laughs) i can't do this This it's not sterile yeah it's not sterile when i have a mask on um so they would they said it it was called they they lip pointed that's Mm -hmm. what the process is called and they would do lip dip paint so they would lip it they would dip it in they would paint the face watch and then lip they it could, again they could do it like two or three strokes and then they would have to do it again for 250 dials a day, a day six days a week so they're eating massive amounts of radium it's yes. awesome so everything seems fine for a couple of years the girls are loving their job. They're loving their life. They can buy, like, nice clothes. They can go out all the time. They're, They're drinking in the speakeasies. They're, They're having, having a blast. Parties. They're all, like, really good friends. Mm-hmm. You have sisters are working with you. Like, they thought they were, like, the luckiest people. Um, and then this girl started to get sick. The first radium girl to fall ill was Molly Magia. Mm-hmm. Um, three of her sisters also worked at the paint factory. In January of 1922... Um, Molly went to the local dentist for tooth pain. 
she her tooth was bothering. It was bothering for a long time. She mm-hmm. goes to the dentist. He's like, ah, it's rotted. I gotta pull it. <laughs> it's rotted. I mean, come back that. I mean, it's how I feel now. I have tooth pain. I keep ignoring it because yeah. I think it's just you a just bad crown. Pull my tooth out. Yeah, my whole jaw is gonna go. So he pulls the tooth. She goes back a few weeks later to get the tooth next to it pulled because now the next tooth is hurting her. She develops abscesses where the teeth have been pulled. And they would not heal. Um, she kept having tooth after tooth pulled. Oh, my God. Because they were rotting and getting infected, rotting, getting infected, rotting, getting infected. Um, her mouth was full of pus. The It was oh. blood and pus constantly because she just oh. had abscesses everywhere. She was, like, really con- conscious about her breath because yeah. you have a mouth full of pus and blood. It's, like, right. awful. And how um, are you eating? Right. Well, she's not. Um, her dentist then performed a surgery in May. So that was in January. She started with a tooth in May. He performs a surgery because he's like, you have this wicked fast growing abscess in your jaw. It's now in your jawbone. It's it's not, it's getting worse and mm-hmm. worse and worse. We have to go in and like try to clean it out. So he goes in, he, you know, cuts the gum open to look at the jawbone. The jawbone's like gray. And when he touches it, it's like the left side of her jawbone. He touches it. Mm-hmm. It comes out into his hand just <gasps> oh. out into his hand i mean you need a saw you need he removed her blade. jawbone by just touching and it and he wasn't even pulling on. he didn't right. want to take it out he was looking at it so he touched it and it literally just crumbled into his hand oh um, my god that's yeah. nauseating yeah the rest of her jaw just fell out over the summer and over like the day summer. by day just pieces of her jaw would be falling out Yep. And they're, they're not replacing it, so now she's disfigured. Well, they can't replace it because it's just everything's abscessed and infected. So she's disfigured. Yeah. We'll post some pictures online there. Like, Horrific. Horrifying. Um, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, it said that her inner ears, along with her mouth and jaw, were just abscesses. Everything in the inner ears rotted. Everything in her face was just necrotized and rotting. Um, Molly Magia died in September of 1922. In the September of the same year, the start. Yes. Holy Her shit. Her tooth started in January. She's dead by She's September. She's dead in September. Holy shit. Um, her necrotizing bone and tissue extended through her jugular vein, <gasps> and she bled out into her mouth and oh. choked to death on her own blood. What a horrible, that is horrible how this poor, way to go. Like 20, what is she, 24-year-old girl dies. What a horrible way to go. Yeah. Um. Molly's cause of death was ruled to be syphilis. I knew you were going to say that. Because they had no, they had never no seen it. They were like, we have never seen it. The dentist literally didn't know what to do. He's like, every time I pull it, it just gets worse, but I can't leave them in because they're rot. Like, they right. just could not get over it. Syphilis rots. And can you just imagine what the dental work was like back then? No, I mean. She yanked his shit out. Yeah, I mean, like, so already it's bad. Oh, yeah. You know? She was in agonizing pain. It was, like, horrible, horrible death for her. Um, she's It's ruled syphilis. The family's like, what are you talking about? Like, she didn't go out and sleep with people. Like, she yeah. wouldn't have syphilis, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so they, the family couldn't understand. Like, she didn't have syphilis. Like, there's no way she had syphilis, but it's embarrassing. You're not going to talk about right. it. So it's kind of just shushed up. Um, other girls were getting sick as well. Some got skin cancer, throat cancer. They would suffer broken bones, like spontaneously broken legs. Their legs would just break under them. Which is like a classic sign of cancer. Yes. Of a, right. Um one girl had a total collapse of her spine. 
Yeah, these girls were just getting like all of this. And stuff they're kept all coming. the radium girls. Like we're not talking different factories, no. random people and in this town. This is all. All these girls were from this one factory. However, some of them had left. They worked there for a year or two. They but left they had all that in common. But no one asked. Nobody like did. Like one girl asked. One girl was working at a bank at the time that she got sick. So when they said we had to work, she said the bank. Right. But they didn't, they didn't know. Gotcha. She worked at the radium factory right. a couple of years ago. Like so right. they weren't connecting it. And they had never seen anything like this. Um, Grace Fryer is another girl, um, another of the radium girls that got sick. She was 18 when she started at the dial factory. She worked there for three years, and then she's the one who took a job at the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, She started at the radium factory when her brothers were away fighting in World War I. She was doing all she could to support the war effort. Um, So Grace starts having trouble with her teeth. um, And eventually... She's the one who all of the bone, all the vertebrae in her spine collapse. Oh my god! She has to use wear a huge metal back brace. So I mean, she's Can you imagine in, like, what it looked like back in the day. Metal, yeah. She's like in a like, contraption pulled by a horse to keep her straight. This huge metal yeah. brace all around her. She can barely. You can't really sit up. You can't yeah. really walk because this brace is so. And her spine is Gone. completely disintegrated. Um, oh my god! But she's the daughter of a union delegate, and she acts just like one. And she wants to fight. Good for her. She's pissed. And she's like, this isn't right. This mm-hmm. is not fair. Um, so she wants to sue the radium company. Sorry. If you okay. hear some whistling in the background, it's my heat. Um, so um, the United States Radium Corporation, they were terrible. They were just terrible. You want to, like, smack them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but when- you know what? You can't even say it's the times. No, they still do Because it. it's shit that we'll, happens we'll today. Um, so when the stories of the girls falling ill started to come out, I'm just going to say USRC because it's easier mm-hmm. than the United States Radium Corporation. Um, they hired an independent doctor to evaluate all the girls at the factory. Um, his name was Dr. Drinka. He'd, Dr. Drinka? I know. <laughs> He's a wicked drinker, that guy. Um, so he goes and examines all the girls. He writes up a report. He gives it to the USRC. He did that. It was like privileged. Mm-hmm. Like it was for the corporation. So he couldn't publish it. He had to just give it to Basically, the report them. said the girls are all fucked. He says, yeah. They all had radium poisoning. All the girls there had weight, had radium poisoning. Um, he said there was powder, like he would make, he made them undress, yep. you know, in the examination room. He said there was powder under their corsets. Like the, the radium powder was everywhere. It was all over their bodies. Um, oh my God. He suggested like minor changes that were not like a huge financial burden for the company to change. Like, Tell the girls not to lip dip paint. Don't let them put that in their mouth. Don't let them eat their food at the tables. Give them a mask. Like little simple things to stop the radium poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, the company then forges a report, changes everything he says in it, puts his name on it, and gives it to like the government or whoever was looking into it and said, yes, yeah, see, fine. Look, they're all fine. Every single one of them's healthy. There's nothing wrong with any of them. Oh. And there's nothing wrong with what we're doing here. Literally changed. He doesn't know this. He has no idea really? that they changed. If it's not that, like they did in Aaron Brockovich, now you go paint yeah. the watches then right. for three years. Yeah, you stick. This you drink the water. Um. Oh, yeah. what a so son just, of a bitch! They just sneak. Like they're so sneaky. It's awful. And people are dying because of it. Yeah, in like a horrible. Yeah, horrible. And you're saying it's syphilis, with. you assholes. Yeah. Um. They also got a man who was like a doctor of. I don't even know, like physics or something. Not a medical doctor. Um, to pretend he was a medical doctor, 
and his colleague would come with him to examine the girls. The colleague happened to be the vice president of the company <gasps> just coming along with him. See naked ladies. Yep. Um, and he told every single one of them, oh, you're just fine. You are healthier than I am. There's nothing wrong. So then they were like, oh, well, maybe it's just a toothache. Oh, no. back then, you listened to your doctor. Right. Your doctor knew everything, and they knew what to do. And um, So they just trusted that this doctor was telling them the truth. Because um, you test the doctors. Today, people still think, oh, he's a doctor. He's telling me the truth. I mean, they do, but then it's called it was a medical really practice like, for a reason. They I mean, were no, gods. absolutely. Absolutely. They were gods. You didn't yeah. dare question them. And if you did, you were made to feel like a jerk for questioning them. Right. So then USSC then smeared the girls publicly. Um, and they said any of these girls that were sick or had these tumors or whatever um, had syphilis. Or that they were I sick can't. before they came and I can't. whatever. Um, finally, a real doctor not paid off by USRC, mm -hmm. develops tests um, that proved the girls had radium poisoning once and for all. Um, and he also realized it was fatal and there was no way to rid the body of the radium once it's in it. So they were done. No matter what, you they were done. You cannot rid the body of radium. Oof. Um, so with this info, Grace and four of her friends, two of them are Molly Maggio's sisters, mm -hmm. um, get a lawyer and it took grace two years to find a lawyer to take her case because no one would go up against this huge corporation um and there was a like a law that if you got sick from a comp from a work -related they were protected thing mm -hmm. you only had two years to claim it oh but these girls didn't even know they were sick until after two years right right after um so they had to change the law to even start to sue right um so so Ra Raymond Barry is the lawyer they got. He takes the case in 1927, and like I said, he has to prove the radium made it's radium is making the girls sick, mm -hmm. which was hard then because some people believed it, some didn't want right. to believe it, and he had to change that law saying two years was the statute of limitations. Um, he disinters Molly Maggia's body. Mm -hmm. Digs her up. He digs her up. With, you know, the blessing of the family because mm -hmm. two of her sisters are now sick. Um, and when they open the casket, they look at the body. There's zero signs of syphilis. They tested her. She does not have syphilis. Right. But her bones are glowing. Still. She's been dead for, what, five years? Glowing. Oh like, yeah, that's God. obviously radium poisoning. One of the other yeah, doctors, I can't remember if it was him or another Halloween one of the dentists. Decoration. <laughs> had a piece of the jawbone in his jaw. Like, he's like, there's something wrong with this. Yeah. You know, way back before they realized, he kept a piece of the bone that came out. And when he opened his jaw, years later, there was, um, like, x-ray films. And he put the jar on it, and it made a picture on the film. <gasps> just the bone on the film made a picture on the, like, no x-ray machine with it. Oh just the jar. So that's how much radiation's in these bones. Wow. Yep. Um, again, USRC is despicable in mm -hmm. court. They asked for extension after extension after extension to drag they know. out the they proceedings. Know. They know what they did. Oh, they know. They knew before this happened. That's why the scientists had protective gear. Right. Um, they try to drag it out as much as possible because they know these girls are dying. Mm -hmm. They don't have to pay if you're dead. Yeah, well, you're going to pay my family. Yeah, well, that's not then you didn't. Um, so the news, the media turns on the company because they're like, you're disgusting. Yeah, How could you're you be despicable. doing this to these girls? Um, the girls were pathetic in court. 
um, Grace had her metal back brace on. She could barely move. She's missing her teeth. Oh. Two of the other girls were bedridden and couldn't even go to court at, by the time right. they got around to the court case. Um, and the girls that were left and were going to swear in to give mm-hmm. their testimony could not raise their arms to swear in on the Bible. Like they were... A the, mess. The They're a mess. The media was like, are you kidding me? Look at these girls. Look at right. what's happened to them. How can you be so ruthless? Um, so um, the media stands by the girls. They dubbed them the Radium Girls. That's where the name comes from. Um, Grace and friends settled out of court because they're all like dying. They're like, you have months. That's yeah. it. And they, it's going on and on and on. They settle out of court. They each received $10,000. 10 which now is like, I still not enough. It, it's like five hundred thousand or something. Still not enough. No, um, all their medical, all their medical bills were paid for though okay. from the all company. Right. So that's at the least family that. didn't have to they deal were, with that. These girls were going into debt. They were losing their houses yeah. that they outright owned. Right, and they would have to mortgage them and sell and get rid of them. Their families, like one of their husbands, or I don't even know if they were married yet. Like it was her fiance's father put all his money for his retirement Aww. in for the care for her. Like yeah. it was awful. Um. And they got a $600 annuity until they died, which is a joke because mm-hmm. these guys know they're dying. Mm-hmm. Like, what's... What are you going to get it in how four, many, yeah. What are you going to get? Pay one, one payment? Yeah. Um, but it was a huge step because... They had to admit wrongdoing. They didn't admit wrongdoing, but they said, fine, we'll just settle. Mm-hmm. But it was a huge step because they got rid of that two-year right. time limit. And it's breaking news through the mm-hmm. world like there's something wrong radium isn't good for you yeah stop drinking the tonic yeah marie curie finds out about this case because all over the news like it's it was the biggest thing happening and she said um she felt awful because she had she got read she died from radium poisoning in like 1934 i didn't know that yeah um but she said she also said what that other doctor said once it's it's she f- felt awful for them because they have it and that's it there no, is no cure no for radium poisoning. Um, so headline news. So the girls that work at a plant in Ottawa run by the Radium Dial Corporation got word about this. And they connected all their illnesses. To the same thing. To the girls in you New Jersey. You just goosebumps with yeah. that. Because they're all getting sick out here in Ottawa. And again, the local doctors. Everybody's denying. I don't denying. know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. The company's paying all the local doctors. Right. Um. But radium dial was just as disgusting as USRC. They had doctors come in and examine the girls. Um, but they would examine, like, one of them was sick already. She was limping. Mm-hmm. You could see she was, like, there's something wrong with her. So that he would have the, they would have the girls lined up to be examined, and then she'd go to get in line. They'd be like, oh, not you, honey. You're just, because you are, like, she was, like, a manager now. So they like, oh, you don't work with it anymore. You don't have to get tested. Because they knew she was sick, so they didn't want her They tested. knew she had, yeah, oh, what a they also told all the girls they were all healthy, um, but they would not give them their records. So they did all these medical exams, wrote records, and would not let the girls see them. Um, wow. Yep. They said wow. these girls in Ottawa weren't in danger because their paint was different. Oh, yeah. There's um, no radium in your paint. Yeah. There was radium, but it was... What were they saying was in the other one? Um, it's not asbestos, but something <laughs> something like that was in the other paint. <laughs> And this one didn't have that in it. So they are fine because it was actually that thing yeah, that was making yeah, them sick. Yeah. Um, one girl died and her family doctor, the family's like, there's something wrong. This is, this Not is normal. because of this plant. Yeah. There's something wrong with what's going on. And so 
they were going to do an autopsy and the company wanted to be there, but the family doctor's like, I'm going to be there for the autopsy. I want to see for myself what's mm-hmm. going on with her. They schedule for the autopsy for 10. Her family doctor shows up at 10. All the bones are gone out of the body. What? They took all the bones with them. So we couldn't examine the bones. Well, if that isn't a sign of guilt, yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Um, one of the girls that worked in Ottawa was named Catherine Donahue. She developed a huge tumor on her hip in 1938. She lost her teeth. She lost her jawbone as well. Um, pieces of her jaw would just constantly fall out of her mouth. She always had a handkerchief in front of her mouth. Could you imagine? No. <coughs> oh, excuse me. There's my lower jaw. Yeah. Well, she had a constant stream of blood and pus, just like um, Molly. Mary, yeah. In, in like little pieces, she'd be like, oh. Like, they would just fall, like, fall into her mouth, and she'd have to take the pieces of her jaw. out. I, that's so mm-hmm. disgusting. That's so disgusting. Yeah. And how are they eating? They got, they're like, they said, they're like, wasting away. Because they can't they eat. have anemia. They had no energy. They couldn't get up. They couldn't walk. They couldn't do anything. One of the girl's boyfriends, it was, like, so sad, because it was, like, they're all, like, early 20s, and late they teens. Get they're all courting. They all have yeah. boyfriends like, that love them, and they go to these parties. And one of the girl girls, uh, her name was Peggy Looney, had this boyfriend. And she, um, and they said, like, when they would have a family picnic or whatever, he would go get her, pick her up, put her in a little wagon, and bring her to wherever they went, because she couldn't walk. Aww. Like, she couldn't walk anymore. She was, like, 20. But he would take, you know, and these girls were in excruciating pain, but there she is, getting dressed, Aww, putting on her makeup, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting in the stupid wagon to go to the family. They have fried chicken and Because they just sucked it up. You know, like, it was, un- it's unbelievable. Um, That's love. Yeah. And all the guys seemed to do that. Like, mm-hmm. they would carry them around. They would carry them to church. They would pick, like, they were really, most of them seemed, like, really into it. Helping yeah, them Yeah, and I mean, and they're, they like, disfigured, love. and it was all, and they're young, Ooh. you know. Um, so, Catherine and some of the girls that worked at the Ottawa factory got Leonard Grossman to represent them in suing radium dial. Leonard Grossman did this case pro bono. Ooh. He was a big lawyer at the time. I forget the lawyer they mentioned, but he was like the biggest lawyer of the time. And they asked him and he's like, he couldn't, for whatever reason, he said, go to this guy. I'm telling you, he'll do a good job. So they go to him. He does a pro bono. Um, Now they're in the middle of the Great Depression. So there's no jobs. Mm -mm. So now the town, Ottawa, is churning on these girls because they're trying to sue one of the only places that's still open and still has jobs. Even though jobs it's killing everybody. Yeah. Well, they're telling, but the company's smearing them. Right. Those girls were already sick. That girl had a limp all her life. That's not us. Her leg was always bad. You know, like whatever. Oh. They would just lie and lie and lie. Um, so they're like, the people in the town are like, going you're going to put them. our factory out. One of the only factories that provides jobs anymore. So it wasn't well received right. in the town. Um. Radium light, they're terrible. They're all terrible. They're just awful. Yep. Um, Corporations. They, they also suck. keep asking for extensions. They know these girls are dying. They're asking for the extensions. Um, their lawyers, like, to the judge, you know, they're going to die. They're going to be dead in a couple of months. We have to do this now so that at least they can die at peace knowing their families are taken care of, the houses are taken care of, they have kids, like, they need the money. Um, they asked, so Radium Dial asks for an extension of five months. Catherine Donahue can't even leave her house at this point. She's stuck in the hospital bed. Um, they asked for five months. The 
lawyer is beside himself. Like, they can't wait that long. They'll be dead by yeah. then. Yep. Um, and they said, well, all of our um, experts are on vacation for Oh, they're five fucking months. experts, yeah. They're okay. away on their summer vacations. Too bad. So we can't do it because, you know, they couldn't possibly take, come back from the vacations. The news gets a hold of this and shames the court into um, upping the trial date. Catherine literally testifies from her deathbed. Oh my god, this um, poor thing. She she's in her bed, and mm-hmm. you see all the girls standing around her, and she's in her bed testifying. And they said, "What did you do with your paintbrush? What did they tell you to do with your paintbrush?" And she's sitting there, you know, her jaw's gone, yeah. her teeth are gone, and she takes it and says, "I I lip pointed," and she does it with the brush, and that's like that's the that's nail it. in the coffin. Yeah. Um, one of the girls, um is at the trial. She's in court. She has her sleeve pinned all the way up to her shoulder because she had to have her whole arm amputated because of a sarcoma in her arm. Um, one's legs are crossed at the ankles and can't uncross. <gasps> um, they have to be, she has to be picked up and carried everywhere. Like she can't uncross no. her legs. It's like horrific what these girls, one of them had a sarcoma of the knee. The whole knee is exploded out with oh. this sarcoma. It just ate through all the tissue and everything around it. It is horrifying. Awful. One had um, tumors in her pelvis that was a, it was the size of two footballs in your oh, pelvis. Oh, that's big. That's Picture really two big. Footballs yeah, in your pelvis. That's really big. One girl miscarried like four times. It, it's just awful. One had like such a bad tumors through her uterus, like she was bleeding to death through her uterus. Like it's oh my just god, awful, horrifying stuff. Um. So, anyways, so cat poor Catherine, who showed the lip dip paint thing as she's sitting in the. This was before she was bedridden, but she's sitting in like the lawyer's chambers or whatever at the courthouse, like waiting to go into one of the things. And she's talking. She's like, oh, oh, wait. And she's taking out her jaw as she's talking at the courthouse. Like, it's just that they made these girls do this. Like that a company could even make you sit there and do this as you're taking your jaw yeah. out of your mouth yep. to speak. And not even feel a little bit bad and be like, what can we do for you? Yeah. No, nothing. Um, so um, they also get a settlement from their case. All of these court cases that they fought through this, that they did all this, um, you know, I mean, these girls all die. They all die. There's not one survivor. Well, so over the years that they were open, it was like about 15, 20 years that these places were open before they changed Mm -hmm. their standards. Um, They said like between like around 3,000, 4,000 girls worked in these Mm -hmm. plants. Um, they only know of like a hundred and something girls that actually died from the radium poison because people would get, oh, they got throat cancer. Yeah. They died of that. They got stomach cancer. They died of it. Like they didn't necessarily say this is the radium right. poisoning. Right. Um, all of this leads to life-saving regulations, um, advances in science because of the tests they had to come up with to measure radium. And then mm-hmm. they realized, okay, this is the amount of radiation that someone can live with. In Without their body, that. which we still use to this day. Like when we're in a case with mm-hmm. the radiation, we have, you know, you have a dosimeter on. They keep track of how much radiation yeah. you're getting. Um, and it also helped in the, it started the establishment of OSHA. Oh, wow. Yeah. So these girls had a That's terrible, something. terrible death. Yeah, they changed, they were in they changed a lot. pain constantly, but they That's horrific. Yeah. That's a horrific way to die. Mm-hmm. And I bet there is so much more to that story. Oh, yeah. You know, my God. Yeah. It was right. sad. I thought it That's was awful. Yeah. And and 
like they never went on to have families. They could never go on to have be married. Like, well, some of them were married and had kids, but okay. So now you're leaving your kid and you're stuck in your bed. Like into they the said, kids this Catherine Donahue had kinda... two kids. No, I don't know. If further down the line, they did, but Catherine Donahue had a little boy and a little girl. And the girl was a baby when she died, and the little boy was like three or four. And they said, like, you know, she was laying there, could barely move or talk. And then the kids came in at the end of the mm-hmm. when the court was there, so she could um, give her testimony. And they said, you know, she's laying there like barely alive. And the kids walked in and the photographers are still there. So they did like family pictures with the kids Aww. there and stuff. But they were like, she immediately lit up and like was trying, trying for the kids. To be there, but they had no, they had any plastic anemia. They had all these camps. They were in excruciating pain. Yeah. Like you couldn't mother. You couldn't. No, you couldn't do anything. Do anything. Everything was taken from them. Oh, those yeah. poor things. Well, mm-hmm. I am only doing one girl. I'm doing not a group of girls. And I'm doing Karen Silkwood. Okay. What I remember from Karen Silkwood, this was a movie back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep oh. plays Karen Silkwood. Oh. Cher plays her best friend. Ooh. Which, if you see what Karen Silkwood looks like, Cher should have played Karen Silkwood. Really? But I'm sure there was a little catty girl fight going on and Meryl Streep went out. Because mm. Meryl Streep looks nothing like Karen yeah. Silkwood and Cher looks just like Karen Silkwood. Yeah. And there is a famous quote unquote shower scene which I will talk about okay. when it's not like a porn shower scene yeah, it's yeah. like a horrible shower scene Meryl Streep got an Oscar for this oh so it's it was a big movie back in the day tried to watch it I need a blockbuster video I think we've spoken <laughs> about this before yeah. can't get shit on my television on demand Netflix YouTube couldn't get the goddamn movie if I had a blockbuster card mm-hmm. the movie would have been here mm-hmm. so let's talk about Karen Silkwood my kids love to call me a boomer I am oh. not a boomer. Okay, boomer. Exactly. But Karen Silkwood is a boomer. Mm-hmm. She is born February 19th, 1946. My sister's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Stace. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's born to Merle and William Silkwood. Merle? I think Merle's actually the woman. Merle? <laughs> um, she is the oldest of three kids. She settles in Needleland, Texas. Karen is wicked smart, mm-hmm. wicked popular, wicked fun. Member of the National Honor Society. Mm. She plays sports. She's a good kid. She's very interested in science. When all of the other girls in Needleland, Texas, had taken home ec, mm-hmm. she wants to take chemistry. She's the only oh. female in her chemistry class. Um, her father is a, w- a big supporter of her. He supports her dreams, and her dream is to go to college and become a medical lab associate. Um, maybe in the time they didn't even dream they could be doctors. I don't know. She gets a scholarship to college and her plans are to attend Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas. The summer before she goes to college, she meets a wild child from California, Bill Meadows. Mm -hmm. She's totally taken with Bill Meadows. Mm -hmm. I saw a picture of Bill Meadows. Mm. I don't know what she's... Those wild ways. Maybe in Needleland, Texas, he was a catch. Um... He goes, at the end of summer, he goes back to California. She goes to college. They spend the entire school year writing and writing and writing. When the school year ends, Bill comes out, gets her, and they run off to Louisiana to elope. Okay. But mm-hmm. the small problem is they're too young to get married in Louisiana. So they never tell anybody they're not actually married. They come back and say, hey, we eloped in Louisiana. Oh. And they're living in sin doing their thing. <laughs> They travel around Texas. They live in the dream. He's doing his wild child thing. And eventually, as I turn my page, they have three children. Hmm. And two girls and a boy. The 
boy, girl, boy, girl. The youngest one um, would be like our my age. I was going to say our age, but no. you know, clearly younger than I am. So Bill can't seem to control his wild ways or his urges. So he has a crazy love affair with Karen's best friend. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. And Karen is humiliated and wants mm-hmm. a divorce. Mm-hmm. And he's like, divorce, which I don't understand. Did you get married at some point and I don't know it? Because right. you never, yeah, actually, you you never got married. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you can have the divorce, but I get full custody of the kids. And like any loving, caring mother of three, Karen's like, I, and she leaves. Tells her kids, I'm going to get a pack of cigarettes. I'll be right back. They never see her again. Okay. Because he cheated on her. He cheats. He's the piece of shit. Right. And then she She leaves leaves her kids because she's so humiliated. So a part of me thinks Karen Silkwood had a very selfish streak to her. And maybe that's why she was able to accomplish what she did. Mm -hmm. I went into this thinking she was a hero. I left this hating her, (laughs) even though she still did a lot and Mm -hmm. saved lives. I hate her Mm -hmm. because they interview her children, which I'll talk about at the end. And I hate her for what she did to her kids. Okay, sorry, Karen, but I do. Um, So she picks up, leaves, tells her kids, I'll see you in an hour, never comes back. Oh, my God. All right. Um, So she moves to Oklahoma City, and she takes a job with Kerr McGee, which is a fuel fabrication site plant. Okay. This is going to kind of go in weird places because it's going to get into nuclear shit, which I don't know. There's a reason I am not a nuclear physicist. Okay. So Kerr McGee is an energy company involved in oil exploration, production of crude oil, natural gas, percolate, which I have no clue what percolate is, and uranium mining. They were fabricating enriched uranium and mixed oxide fuels for nuclear reactors. Okay. So she is working in a specific plant Mm -hmm. that is going to make uranium fuel pellets to make fuel rods to go inside nuclear reactors. Okay. Okay. So she's screwing around with radium, too. She's screwing around with uranium and plutonium. Which is where radium comes from. Right. Yeah. With very little training and very little knowledge about nuclear power and radioactive elements, she starts working with these plutonium pellets. Awesome. So, like I said, she makes them into fuel rods to go into nuclear reactors. Uh, So I'm going to get into gloves and stuff. And what would happen is the fuel rods are in a hood. They're in a big enclosed case. Mm -hmm. The plutonium pellets are in a big enclosed case. And you would have these like cartoon almost look like hands. They're gloves. You would put your hands on the gloves and you can work in this case through these gloves. Mm -hmm. I had to explain that because when initially I heard this, I thought it was like gloves on her workbench. They're gloves that are connected to these hoods. Okay. And you can look at pictures of Mm -hmm. plutonium hood gloves, I guess. And, You'll find out what they look like. So, soon after starting, she joins the oil, which I never knew they had this, Oil Chemical and Atomic Workers Union. Wow. Yep. Mm. And very soon after she joins the union, they go on strike for like 10 weeks. And they go on strike because the conditions are horrible Uh at the plant. Um, But after 10 weeks, nobody's got a paycheck. Everybody's like, we got to get back to work. No changes are made. All the workers go back to work. Nope. Company makes absolutely no changes, no concessions, nothing. And the strikes have to go back to work. Um, Because it's a poor area. There's no jobs. Mm -hmm. They need the money. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's literally in like the middle of East Buffalo, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma. There ain't nothing out there. Um, The company has a huge contract now with the government for fuel fuel rods. And because of the strike, they're running behind on the fuel rods. Mm -hmm. 
So now the workers are working 12 hour shifts, seven days a week. Hmm. They're exhausted. They're making mistakes. You don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to make mistakes. <laughs> right. So if there's a spill or a contamination, the plant is supposed to shut down, clean the spill up. They're not doing that. Just, yeah, yeah, mop it up, put some sawdust on it. Like when Laurie used to throw up in the uh, first grade classroom oh. with my class. Mr. D would come in with the sawdust on the Lysol, yeah. put it on the puke. Stephen used to throw up on my Oh, it's disgusting. Classroom. Disgusting. Okay. So because the workers are tired, mm-hmm. some of them would take the plutonium and get hot so they could get the rest of the day off. So they would expose themselves on purpose to the get plutonium. to get a they would, it would, If you were exposed, you would consider it hot. They oh, would okay. specifically like, put it on them, go up to the the monitors. The monitors would go off, you're hot, and they'd be like, oh, I got the rest of the day off. See ya, got to go home. Um, oh, my God. And some of them would compete to see who could get that fastest. Oh, my God. Because you'd get the so day just off. just rub more on your fastest. Right, just take yeah. that plutonium pellet, use it like fucking <laughs> deodorant, a little secret under the armpits. So um, Karen, they noticed her in the strike. She's really outspoken. She's got a lot to say about this. And she's really outspoken about all this shit going on at the plant. She, mm-hmm. It's upsetting her. She's like, this isn't right. And she's increasingly becoming concerned about safety standards. Um, so she starts like really going around and checking out all the safety. And some of her coworkers aren't too happy about this because they think that she is endangering their jobs and it's a poor yeah. community and they need their money. Um, eventually she's invited to a big union meeting in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. And here she meets the president of the Oil, Chemical, and Atomic Workers Union, Steve Watka. At this meeting mm-hmm. is the first time she learns that she's working with dangerous radioactive chemicals. What? Yep. She doesn't know that this stuff is as dangerous as it is. Oh. Um, and that it's linked to cancer. She does not know that plutonium can cause cancer. So she's horrified. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's horrified that Karen McCormagie has never once told any employee plutonium exposure leads to cancer so at this meeting she also confides in the union that she knows for a fact that kermagee is sending out faulty materials so part of her job when she makes these fuel rods they go under Mm x-rays she's noticing the fuel rods are all cracked so if you send that to a nuclear reactor and it cracks you could have a nuclear meltdown okay so she's like we're sending out broken rods um that they're going through the x-ray, that multiple cracks are showing up, and Care McGee is falsifying the x-ray reports and saying that these rods are fine and sending them up. Um, this is not stuff to do that with. These companies don't give a shit. I mean, but they it's want, not like a comb. No, it's money. Money, money, oh money, God. money, 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 money. Because if they don't, if they can't fill the quota, right. they're going to lose the contract. Right. So um, she's afraid it's going to lead to a nuclear disaster. Mm-hmm. She also notes that the plant is exposing workers to contamination, faulty respiration equipment, improper storage of samples, and lack of decontam showers. She's noting all of this with the mm-hmm. union. So the union basically is like, we totally believe you. Mm-hmm. We want you to be a spy. Oh, okay. Can you get us the information we need to go after Kermagee? Um, She's like, okay, yep, no problem. She comes back. She starts discussing plutonium radiation with the fellow workers. Mm-hmm. That uh, plut- All right. Plutonium radiation. I got to go through what it is. Actually, it wasn't that she was discussing it. It was I need to discuss it with our readers what plutonium radiation is. Okay. Plutonium is a chemically reactive and it's warm to the touch. Mm-hmm. It, large pieces produce enough heat to boil water. Oh, my God. It is a key component in nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. 
It has been described as the most toxic substance known to man, though as of 2003, there has been no single human death as a result of human exposure to plutonium. Oh, that's good. Because the thing with plutonium, even though it gives off this heat and stuff, you could put a piece of paper in front of it and it will reflect it. Right, whereas the radium goes right through right. like metal. Right, right. plutonium, it, it doesn't take much of a barrier mm -hmm. to keep it mm -hmm. from getting to you. Um, its radiation does not penetrate the skin, but if it is inhaled or ingested, it will it will irradiate internally because mm -hmm. once it's in there, it's going to continue to radiate mm -hmm. inside your body. Very small particles, microscopic particles, if inhaled, will cause lung cancer. So if you ingest it or inhale it, it stays on the body for a long time, continuing to radiate your organs. Mm -hmm. It can also affect the ability to resist disease and affect your reproductive system. Mm -hmm. Um, so back to Karen, she's back at Kermagee and she's beyond stressed out because she's trying to gather this information. The workers are getting pissed at her. Everybody's getting mm -hmm. pissed at her. She's pretty sure they know she's up there onto her. So she goes from like 115 pounds down to 95 pounds. Oh she's God. a tall, skinny, she looks like Cher. Yeah. If you're trying to figure out what she looks like, except she's got a really short squat face, mm -hmm. like a really tiny little face and a very long neck, but she looks like Cher. Okay. So the doctor gives her quaaludes <laughs> to sleep Which, god quaaludes 70s. it's such a 70s drama i'm gonna pop a lewd i'm gonna smoke a little coke it's gonna be great it's such a 70s drug um and she's determined though like I, she doesn't care that she has to pop lewds to go to sleep right. she is gonna get this yeah. information while she's investigating she discovers 40 pounds of plutonium are missing from the company oh that is enough uh weapons grade plutonium to build three Nuclear bombs. Oh, my God. So, basically, it sounds like Carmagee was shipping the shit to somewhere. Yeah. Um, and making some money. So, she's freaking out. She stops looking for a new job. At this point, she's contacted her family. She's like, shit's going on up here. I just got to finish up here, and I'm coming home, mm -hmm. and I'm, gonna, I'm leaving them. So, on November 5th of 1974, she goes... So, she would routinely go up and check to see if she has any kind of plutonium exposure. You mm -hmm. have these radars. You'd go up, and no, you're clean. No, you're clean. You're hot. So she does a routine check of herself. All the alarms go off. She is 400 times the legal limit mm. of exposure to plutonium. They sent her through the camp contamination shower. All right. So when you watch the movie Silkwood, she's like crying and screaming and the water's on her and they're scrubbing her with these like met. They would scrub you raw yeah. to get all the plutonium off of your body. And she's sent home. Turn the page. Um, and they send her home with urine and fecal testing kits. The next day, she goes back to work. Why? I don't know. The alarms go off again. She's even higher. More contamination. You'll find out why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now she gets the official Silkwood shower that you see in the movie. Um, every orifice is rinsed and scrubbed. And she's told not to cry because the salt from the tears will make it worse. It'll, it'll, it'll hurt more if she cries. Um, they scrub the orifices everything because if you inhaled it you're scrubbing your nose yeah yeah everything mm -hmm. i don't know if they did a gyn scrub That's on her but I mean. she got scrubbed oh. um she goes home comes back to work the next day god almighty she's even more contaminated the next day so now she has to get the silkwood shower again and the thing is, she these contaminants are going higher, and she hasn't worked with plutonium. Right, because she's just coming in and they're right. checking her. So why is she continuing right. to get contaminated? And she has to have no skin left. Correct. Okay. I mean, she's a hot mess. Yeah. They test the gloves in that hood 
they're loaded with plutonium. <gasps> Somebody had put plutonium powders in the gloves. Her home. Mm. Her home. So now that it's she's got this exposure, they go to the house. Yeah. The bathroom, the refrigerator, her food. What? They have to go through the house. They take Everything, her clothes, everything, and put it in those 55-gallon drums you always see in a nuclear yeah. reactive mm-hmm. movie. They put all her shit in there. She's got nothing left because it's all contaminated with plutonium. Oh my God. All of it. Done. Mm-hmm. See ya. Boom. Everything. Um, <laughs> they have now grabbed her roommate, Dusty Ellis. Dusty. I want to be called Dusty. Dusty. Also known as Cher. And her boyfriend, Drew Stevens, also known as Kirk Douglas. Oh. Not Kirk Douglas. Wrong. Kurt Russell. That's, so, I, that's who I pictured. That's who it would Kurt be. Douglas. Yeah, because he was so cute. Kurt Russell. <laughs> I would like to see him with um, Cher. Dusty. They check them. They are free contaminants. Huh. So Even though they were living in that house. Well, they actually take all three of them and they send them to Los Alamos, New Mexico. Uh-huh. Now, when I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, we took a little ride out. At the time, I had no idea what Los Alamos is. It's this enormous covert underground lab. All right. I didn't know that. So it's in a beautiful, beautiful area. So we're driving to Los Alamos State Park and you see all these like crazy ass fences and shit. People like you care. I'm like, where are we? Is this where the aliens are? Yeah. Well, this is where they're at. They're at this crazy ass underground nutbag lab. Hmm. Uh, And they're trying to determine the extent of the contaminants. They clear Dusty. They clear Drew. Um, Karen is found to have inhaled and ingested plutonium. She's fucked. And she knows it. She's told she's married to cancer now. Mm -hmm. Of course, Kermit McGee's like, you're fine. You're fine. No, you did. No, the plant's trying to say she did it to herself. She She purposely ate and and sniffed it Mm -hmm. and put it in her lewds and Mm -hmm. put it in her toilet paper. She did it on to. And it's proven false when later investigators showed that the plutonium that she was contaminated with was from a restricted area that she didn't even have access to. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they determined what plutonium contained, but they did. She's bullshit. She's pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she finds this contaminant, she sends birthday cards finally to her kids. Oh, All right. nice. Belated. Like the kids are like, it wasn't even our birthdays. We get three birthday cards in the mail. That is the last contact they ever have with Karen Silkwood. Okay. And at this time, she's 27 years old going through this. Oh my God. She's only 27 years old. So she contacts the, us- the union president, Steve Watka, and she says... Um, I want to go to the reporter now. Because basically what they had told her is, you get the information, we'll go to the papers. Mm-hmm. She's like, I want to see the papers. And a meeting is set up with the New York Times reporter, David Burnham, for November 13th, 1974. On November 13th, 19, that night, she initially goes to a union meeting at the Hub Cafe in Crescent, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. At that meeting, she's seen with a big binder in a manila envelope. This is around like 7 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And they can, massive amounts of paper. And she's, wasn't the smartest because she's telling everybody yeah, what she she's going to do. And she had been telling covert. people, yes, yeah. she had been telling people for weeks, I'm bringing this company down. This is going to end. Blah, 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 blah. So she leaves the cafe at seven to drive to Oklahoma City, about 30 miles away, to meet with the reporter, to meet with the union president. But a half an hour later, 10 miles outside of Crescent City, her car is found in a ditch. She's dead. Thanks. Police at the scene had seen papers scattered everywhere with the McGee logo on it at the accident police at the scene say they found quaaludes and pot in the car Mm. 
but people who had seen her said she was fine. Mm -hmm. She was rubbed up. Like there was no way she was on Quaaludes. The police ruled it an accident and say she fell asleep at the wheel. Though no, everyone's like, she was not sleepy. Like there's no way. Um, The coroner found twice the amount of the recommended dosage of Quaaludes in her bloodstream. Hmm. The family says, bullshit, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now the car is taken to like a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand how this happens but the car is taken the union no the company Carmagee is allowed to go to the car first then the union's allowed to look at the car when the union gets there the papers are all gone it's nothing like, it's like the bones the, that exactly mm-hmm. that's where they're hiding with the bones they're all in one big pit yeah, somewhere in, in Los Alamos. Alamos yeah fuckers conspiracy theory this is why I won't have Alexa it all goes back to the bones okay so the family gets an accident investigator mm-hmm. and the union hires a private investigator. Um, I'm sorry. So, cause I told you like they go through the car, papers are gone and they're like, where the hell do the papers go? The family accident investigator notices that the back of Karen's car has dent marks on it in paint chips that are not the color of her car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's suggesting that she had been rammed from back right. from the back. The collision, on the front end so the collision was on the front end, so why is her back end damaged as well? And they also noticed skid marks on the road suggesting that she tried to get back on the road after being pushed from behind. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew that she had had these documents and that she was going to expose the company, so it's pretty obvious that she right. got... So months after her death, federal investigators confirm all of Karen's safety concerns with the company. Mm-hmm. In 1976, Karen's family files a civil suit against Carmagee for negligence in her plutonium exposure. They prove that at the time of her death, she was contaminated with plutonium, and several witnesses confirm it was from the plant. Mm-hmm. The family's awarded $10 million wow. in damages, which I personally feel should have gone to those three children. End of discussion. 1975, Kermagee shuts its doors. Um, so when they interview her kids at the end of this there's a whole documentary i watched on her it was actually very very good it was on youtube you can watch the movie silkwood um they interview her kids and her oldest daughter is she's got to be 50 53 she's like she's up there Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah my mom just said one day i'm going for a pack of cigarettes i never saw her again and she's like when my dad told me she died i just thought She's really never coming back to get me. She is in her 50s. She's been waiting. Yeah. You know, at that time, she had been waiting all that time to see her mother. Mm. The youngest daughter hates her. She would have been like two or three when the mother left. Mm. She would have been like my age now. She doesn't even call her mom. She calls Karen. She's like, well, I feel bad for her. But she is so detached, it's sad. Right. The son will break your heart. He can barely speak. You can tell he's still like choking back emotions. And of all this information, mm-hmm. wh- who killed her? Why did they kill her? All he wanted to know was, was she ever thinking about her family? Oh. This kid's in his 50s. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. How do you leave those three babies? I don't know. I don't know how you leave those three know. babies. Um, the husband's still married to the fucking friend he had an affair with. Wow. They're still together. She raised her kids. Wow. So she may have been a bitch for cheating with the husband. She raised your yeah, children for you. Feeling. All right? Um, so there's a movie, The China Syndrome. China? China, as Garrett would say to me, Mom, the China. So he refers to the vagina as the China, and it still makes me laugh. Um, so the China Syndrome is a movie 
and they say it's a fictional movie based off of her story because in the China Syndrome, somebody steals documents mm-hmm. and is being pushed off the road and killed the same way they think Karen Silkwood was killed. Mm-hmm. And you can also read The Killing of Karen Silkwood by Richard Rashke. Okay. So, basically, wow. stay out of the nuclear industry because they're going to fuck with you. Yeah, don't touch, like, anything radioactive. If it glows, stay away from it. Yeah. And stay out of the x-ray rooms because I don't think our lead does enough. <laughs> We're going to be glowing in about 10 I'll years, I'm telling you. We'll be our own radium girls. We'll be so like, Laura, your teeth are glowing. Let's go out. While we can. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You've been sparkling. You didn't realize it was radium poisoning. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was an idea we came up with a while ago. If you have ideas you want to share with us, um, mm-hmm. like I said, one of our radi- readers, one of our radium girls gave yeah. us the idea for radium. One of our listeners gave us the idea right. for radium girls, which I thought was a great idea. So if you hear something you want to hear on the show, give us a call, mm-hmm. give us a note. Mm-hmm. Remember, stickers are on the line, are very yeah. valuable, very irreplaceable. Valuable. They don't glow, but they're still stickers. Maybe we could get glow ones. Imagine mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna lip point them and paint them myself. Um, lip to paint. We would love to hear from you. We've already sent out a couple of stickers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everybody likes some start tagging your stuff, like the Vernon Shirley. Yeah. Scissors and scrubs everywhere. everywhere. All right. Talk That's to you it. soon. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.